Welcome to another Twitter Tuesday edition of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Not a live edition here on this Tuesday, so we're not going to be able to get into the chat, but we got some really nice questions that will take us through this podcast, some of the latest news as well. Coming at you right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson here with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. That's where the Twitter questions will come from on today's program. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Some news around the NFL before we get into the Twitter questions and just a really sad story coming down late Monday here with Jeff Gladney, 25-year-old former Vikings first-rounder. He's with the Arizona Cardinals recently. He's had some troubles throughout his career, and it ends as tragic as possible with uh, the death of the young man. According to Adam Schefter, the former TCU standout, Jeff Gladney killed in an overnight car accident in the Dallas area. His agent, Brian Overstreet, confirmed Monday, Gladney was 25 years old, and uh, I saw the first news because of his former TCU teammate and former first rounder as well. Jalen Rager said on Twitter, quote, lost my brother, my best friend, my right hand man. Ain't too much more I can take, man. Damn. Rest in peace, Jeff Gladney. Brother, watch over me, please. What a rough situation there. And man, 25 years old. We just had a podcast yesterday talking about the best players under the age of 25 years old with all this career. We're talking about all this life ahead of them. And uh, Jeff Gladney does not have that opportunity anymore. No, it's horrible. I mean, I don't have a lot to say about it other than it's a tragedy, of course. Uh, unfortunately, we just kind of went through this not long ago with Dwayne Haskins, also a first-round pick whose career didn't go to plan, but was getting a new start uh, with the second team and working hard to you know, regain their their careers, a lot of talent, and cut short, unfortunately. And um, I've been doing this so long that this is the time of year, really, here as we're hitting June and into July where unfortunately a couple bad blurbs are going to come across, you know, guys getting arrested or whatever and, you know, getting into trouble uh, during some of this idle time. And uh, again, I don't have a lot to add to it, but it's obviously a tragedy. Yeah. Tragic situation. It seems like there's one story like this, at least every off season. Yeah. And um, extremely unfortunate. Rest in peace. Jeff Gladney gone too soon. The age of 25 years old. Unbelievable. I want to talk about a story that is um, really interesting, and and this ties into Twitter Tuesday. Got a couple of questions from listeners about this, about fantasy football. Matt, did you see the story about the baseball players, Tommy Pham, uh, uh, slapping, I believe it was, Jock Peterson of the Giants? pre-game because of something that stemmed from their fantasy football season? (laughs) Did you see this story? I... I'm aware of it. I did not see the story. That's as much as I know. I, I mean, it, it, <laughs> it's not even fantasy football season. What's going on here? Coach me up. It's insane. So basically, Tommy Fan from the Reds is in a, a fantasy football league with Giant, now Giants, former Dodgers outfielder Jock Peterson. And um, 
there it was more than just the transaction that did it, but apparently it stemmed from 49ers running back Jeff Wilson, who was on injured reserve. And Jock Peterson talked about it. He didn't give the greatest idea of how this happened or what fam was even mad about, but it stemmed from a player that was on IR somehow got picked up. He thought he was available. Maybe he wasn't available, something like that. And Jeff Wilson was picked up by Jock Peterson uh, had something to do with IR. And look, I, I don't even know how this is even a, something that could, uh, could happen. Right. With the way that <laughs> right. le- like, I understand the old days where there's leagues and they were done by hand with pencil oh, yeah. and paper, Send the mail in, if, you know, right. Yeah. yeah there, there's no gripe. If he was available, then he was picked up. If he wasn't available, then there should be no mechanism to pick up a player who's not available. So I don't even know what this thing is all about, but I think what added to it, Jock Peterson was asked about it later and he said, uh, I did send a gift making fun of the Padres. And if it hurt anyone's feeling, anyone's feelings, I apologize for that. So uh, apparently he sent a gift that maybe added some fuel to the fire that was already upset in the league about uh, something happening in the fantasy football league. But I, I thought it was funny just, you know, just hearing about other professional athletes playing fantasy football. Yeah, exactly. It is a funny light story, especially after the one we just talked about. Jeff Wilson's not exactly a league winner, though. <laughs> you know what no. I mean? Like, we're fighting over Jeff Wilson here. I mean, uh, you could see it if it was like, man, that trade was colluding. You know, you, you got to, you know, that's not cool, but you guys are fighting over Jeff Wilson. How deep a league is this? And, and you know, really the point here, like you said, is it's interesting that fantasy football is so big and, you know, mainstream and athletes and other sports. And I'm sure I know people even in the NFL play fantasy. And which reminds me just of a quick story. I mean, this was obviously like 17 years ago, something like that. But it was like my second year working for the four-letter network at ESPN. And I went to my editor and said, hey, I've been doing fantasy forever. How about I dabble in that? You know, I mean, uh, help out Matthew Barry and that crew. And my editor told me and a couple other people said, Williamson, you are a scout in the league. That's beneath you. What are you talking about? Fantasy. You know, meanwhile, two years later, I'm like writing dynasty articles for ESPN. I mean, just amazing how big the industry is. Oh, it's crazy. It's nonstop. There's a lot of money in the industry as well. And uh, and you know why? Because people care about it and a lot of feelings right. about the industry. Um, but you know what came to mind when I heard him talking about it? It's like, you know what? It, other people's leagues are never that interesting and ne- never as interesting as your own. So i I don't know what the backstory could have possibly been about the IR pickup of Jeff Wilson to get into fisticuffs with, with somebody about it. Have you had any, like, what's the biggest argument you've ever seen in a fantasy football league you've been involved in? You ever seen anybody get mad? I could see if like everybody was together at the draft and just talking smack and maybe a few pops in or something like that to see somebody get, get angry about something. But I've never seen anybody come blows over fantasy sports. No, not me either. One that we like to bring up, though, that was controversial when it happened. Remember the year? It was two years ago, I guess it was. Stephon Diggs went insane. Wasn't last year when he was just really good. He kind of didn't come from nowhere, but he was a. I'm guessing in 2020, Stephon Diggs went in the sixth round or something like that, and ended up being like wide receiver one or two. And I remember in our league, one guy traded Stephon Diggs like a month into that season, straight up for Chase Edmonds, and it was like uproar in, in all the land like you're giving up digs for chase Edmonds, who at that point wasn't even a number one i mean he and the, there was some 
harsh words said amongst the league on that one too. Like, what are you doing? And frankly, it was just a bad ownership decision. Right. <laughs> you know? That's People usually what it stems from. Right. Yeah. For me, it's always like, oh, you just want to get the bad owner out of the league. And some, sometimes some people make trades and it's like, well, if you're going to trade a star player that has value in the league, at least float it out there to some other owners. Don't just say yes to yeah, some yeah. weird, bad first offer that you got. So uh, you get a lot of that too, that happens late at night. All of a sudden you wake up in the morning, you're like, well, why didn't you let me know that that guy was available? I would have given you a lot more than you got for this guy. And so, yeah, you can throw off the balance of power in a league if you got a bad owner giving away good players. Yep, yeah, and we've probably all taken advantage of them here and there as well. Yeah. <laughs> it comes around, goes around, right. <laughs> that, of course, happens for sure. All right, we've we got more to get into in this Twitter Tuesday edition of the we'll, Peacock we'll be talking some fantasy in the next couple months here too. I mean, it's, oh yes, it's like officially fantasy. fantasy season, in my opinion. It's it's list season and it's fantasy yep. season right now. 100%. So uh, a lot of lists, a lot of uh, fantasy conversations happening uh, across the league and involving this particular podcast. Uh, some more questions coming up today. Uh, we do have one more signing: David Njoku, uh, tight end for the Browns. Inks a new deal and which divisions will have new champions in 2022, all that coming up and more, but I want to let the folks out there know first about RockAuto.com. It's a service I use and uh, something I'm glad was there for me when we were, when I was moving my family into a new house and driving down the road, there's some construction and there was a traffic cone that was happened to not be upright where it was supposed to be. It was right in the middle of the lane, nowhere to swerve, no way to get away from it. And the cone kicked up into the car and knocked the the plastic fender cover off my car and just flopping around. So (laughs) couldn't put it on, had to take it off and went directly to rockauto.com, right? I talk about Rock Auto all the time. I was like, (laughs) I know where I can get a cheap part. So I went to rockauto.com. I was blown away, 40 bucks for this part, right? And it came with the, the buttons and the rivets and everything I needed. Super easy. I put it together. I'm not a car guy. And I didn't even think it would be a part that I'd be able to get myself or put together myself. And I was totally able to do it and save myself hundreds of dollars by not going to the dealership where they would gouge you not only for the part, but all the labor that goes into it. And something that was super easy that I watched a YouTube video for five seconds and realized, wow, okay, that's just snap it into place and you're done. And Rock Auto had the exact part for my vehicle. So why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more on the same parts from a chain store uh, or a car dealership when you can go get your you know, fender cover uh, for a 2016 Mazda CX-5 for next to nothing at rockauto.com and take care of it yourself. Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer. Do-it-yourselfers and professional alike, uh, Rock Auto has been a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and I could not be happier with the the service I get from rockauto.com. So you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, not just NFL. It is Sports Today, featuring host Peter Bukowski, and available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Matt, what do you think about and we're going to hear about a lot of signings. You mentioned yesterday, DK Metcalf sure. might be on the verge of a new deal. Um, that's the other thing. So lists, 
fantasy football and some signings here and there. Yeah, yeah, right, getting, right, right. As we get close to training camp, but this is an odd one with David and Joku for a team that already has a lot of money spent on some certain offensive positions, including tight end. And the Browns have reached a four-year, fifty-six million dollar extension with tight end. David Joku, who's been at least statistically a, a huge disappointment, is not even a starter mm-hmm. for them. I get it though. I mean, we had this conversation when he was franchised. You know, boy, is he really worth the franchise tag? And then if you look at the tight end franchise number, well, that's not so bad. You know, I mean, it, 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 that's very palatable. That makes sense. Um, an extension at this number, and I'd have to really study the contract. You know, where's it? Where's all the money? Can they get out of it after two and those type of things? I suppose it makes sense. And here's really my logic behind it is you're right. The the numbers haven't been tremendous for a first-round tight end. And as is the case with his other first-round picks, O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram, we looked at that class like, wow, this is going to revolutionize the tight end position. And it hasn't. But I also don't think any of their stories are totally written. And there's been a lot of studies done. The tight ends really don't hit their peak till they're slightly over 27 years old. And it's just a difficult position to adjust to in the league. And part of it's because, yeah, they ask you to play tackle and wide receiver. Yes and no. I mean, you're not you know, pass protected against Von Miller all that often. But it is a difficult position that once you do, quote, get, I, here's what I think about tight ends. They're, it takes them a while to develop. But once they kind of understand what it, what it, it takes to be successful in the NFL, the really good ones fade away very slow, you know. Witten and Gonzalez and even Gronk and Heath Miller and uh, Antonio Gates and guys that couldn't even run at the end, <laughs> you know, are still putting up big numbers and understand when to sit down in zones and learn the intricacies of the position and become serviceable enough blockers. I think that Joku might be on that path. There's a lot of ability there. I mean, the ability is there, but he's yeah, also yeah. played five years already. True, and true. I, I'm, not, I'm surprised he was able to get to that fifth year option with the Browns because he only started one game in 2019. Mm-hmm. He had 41 receiving yards in 2019. And then in 2020, <laughs> he came back with only 213 yards. And then last year was uh, his second best year, statistically only 475 receiving yards. So look, there's a blocking component as well, but that's not his specialty though. Yeah. And that's not right, a specialty right. either. So right, right. You're still hoping for a yeah. guy who's already been in the league and showed you exactly who he is for five years. And he is, uh, you know, fairly, he came in the league really young. He still hasn't turned 26, turns 26 on July 10th. So I don't know, maybe he is, there is more there as he gets closer to that age 27 you talked about, but it, it seems a little bit odd. And apparently they're going to base their offense around two tight end sets. That's what it tells me. Yeah. I mean, and that's been a Stefanski thing all along. I mean, Hooper, Bryant, Najoku, now Hooper's in Tennessee. So they are going to play a high percentage of double and even triple tight end sets. Last year, they led the league by a very wide margin in 13 personnel, one back, three tight ends, one receiver. I'm sure they'll get away with that from that from some point. Amari Cooper's never going to leave the field. You know, I don't know that you're going to see a ton of three, three tight end sets, but this is a Stefanski thing. So, I mean, I understand it. And Bryant's a, a chance to develop into a decent young tight end. We'll see. Um, tight end contracts around the league are a little odd to me, though. Like, I can make the argument that he's in the neighborhood of John U. Smith and Hunter Henry, who, you know, made pretty really good money last year, or even like in Azoma is making a lot of money. I mean, I think he's not far off those guys. 
and I haven't seen the exact numbers here, so maybe it's backloaded in a way where it's yeah. cheap for a couple of years. You have a you know a number two tight end, you're paying him less, and then they end up cutting him before the big money hits at the end of his deal. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, is, they're in it to win it. I mean, with what right. they paid their quarterback and going after Amari and you know re- revamping the passing game. A couple other questions here before uh, I want to get to the question about new division winners in 2022, but I have a feeling it's going to take up a whole segment. So I'm going to hit a couple of these other questions really quick. Zach says, is Russell Wilson's best football behind him or ahead of him? I lean towards behind. I mean, if you had to pick one or the other, you're going to say behind because he had great football before this and is coming and is getting up in age this is cheating to no end, but I really want to see him just in a new environment. You you know, I mean, throwing more, more of a Russell Wilson centric offense, not one that he walked into as a mid round pick, you know, somebody that went out of their way to acquire him with those weapons. Um, I tend to think that he's always going to be a very, very good quarterback, not an elite one for the rest of the, you know, his time in Denver. You know, I mean, he has some, his height is a problem. People don't think about these things anymore, but there's throws he doesn't see and doesn't let fly in the middle of the field. And as his athleticism wanes, not that it's bad now or anything, you know, it becomes a little more problematic, but he's still a top eight quarterback or so. I mean, but I bet his best peak football probably is behind him. You know, it's interesting. I wonder if we still haven't seen that one season from him. Uh, I would tend to bet right. that that his best is behind him, but maybe he could put together that one season because he has been an MVP, MVP candidate numerous mm-hmm. times. And he had that first half of what was it, 2020 that was like, OK, he's going to win the MVP right. this year. And it didn't happen. Could he put together one full season like that? And I think back to Peyton Manning, remember? And yeah. late in his career, he goes and has in that Denver. crazy season in Denver. Right. And there's yeah. a lot of pieces there. Uh, new yeah new situation so we'll see I'm not going to put it past him and if it does peak it would probably be a shorter peak but um who knows that's a tough question to answer to be honest because he could blow up you know if I'm just betting I bet he'll be very very good you know not elite you know I would think so I I would still think that his best is probably behind him but Mm -hmm. he can definitely uh, prove us all wrong there Zachary says, I'm not a Lions fan, but do you think it's a little disrespectful that they couldn't even get one primetime game and that all of their games are at one o'clock? They do play. It's a little misleading because they do play Thanksgiving. So they have a standalone game, but they have since 1941 or whatever the heck it is in the (laughs) 50s. So maybe that doesn't count for them. They're the only one that doesn't have a quote primetime game from what I understand. I guess it's slightly disrespectful. I mean, uh, you would think, especially after playing or before playing on Thanksgiving, you would think that that they should get a Thursday night game the week before or the week after, so that they actually get a full week on in on their Thursday night. Um, my hunch is though, a year from now, I bet they have several. I think that's a team people really want to start watching. It would be really disrespectful if they got no primetime games and they took the. Thanksgiving game away from him. Now that would, that would be something <laughs> bad, but look, this is a team that's been really bad for a while. So right. prove you deserve a primetime game. Then you'll get a primetime game. Usually a year behind with a lot of those things. Good point. And Hey, have a tremendous year and flex yourself into a primetime game in week 15 or whatever. Yeah, you know? there right. you go. Earn it. Okay. A couple of questions about divisions. So let's get to those next. A question about ranking the divisions, most competitive to least competitive. And then a question about which divisions will have new champions 
in 2022. Do you want to rank the divisions first? Yeah, I'm going to okay. hijack the other se- the other question. So, okay. <laughs> okay, as we do as we do with power ranks, I'm going to go AFC AFC West, AFC North, AFC East, AFC South. Compare that to the NFC, I'm going to go West clearly. The rest of these three divisions aren't very good. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's four divisions. The AFC South, all the NFC ones besides the West that are in their own bottom tier. And the West is interesting because it got worse in Seattle, most likely. Agreed. And with the 49ers, you have a year two quarterback that could go a lot of directions. They could be better than they were before, but they could be worse too. I mean, if the question is what division is the most competitive, which will lead us to our new champions, I think it's the AFC West and AFC North. Because I don't see any garbage team. Like, I think Seattle's pretty bad. Like, that right. division's good, but there's one team that I just can't envision making the playoffs, let alone winning the division. So the most competitive to me are the West and the North in the AFC. But three of the four bad divisions to me are in the NFC, just in terms of quality. So if we're ranking them, it goes AFC West, AFC yeah. North, yeah. NFC West. Agreed. Then which... AFC East? AFC East, uh, the Bills and up and comers like the the yeah. Patriots, uh, just because of Bill, they could be a five hundred team. But right, uh, roster wise, they for me though. I mean, the Patriots are right there with the Seahawks because they have a, a long time coach, yeah, that's right, run a right. lot in a roster that's questionable. If the NFC East had a Bills like team in it, I think they would compete because I think Washington and the Giants aren't terrible. And the Eagles might have a chance to be really good, actually. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I would go East then. Probably, I would go NFC East over AFC East, to be honest. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But I like the top heaviness of the Bills, too. So they're, they're pretty close. So we go East and East in some order after that. Mm-hmm. Then does it go AFC South with the, the Titans and the Colts over the NFC South with the Bucks and Saints or the North with Packers, Vikings, Bears, Lions? I mean, all those those three divisions have two bad teams each, you know, and, and that's right. Hard, you know, um, I, I'm a little worried about Tennessee, so I'm not going to pick the AFC South first of those three. But boy, I mean, the Falcons and Panthers are terrible. I mean, the Lions are upcoming. I guess I'll go NFC North, NFC South, AFC South. But those three to me are all about the same. Yeah. Two good teams, two bad teams. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's the ranking the divisions. Now, how about this? Of those divisions, which ones will have new champions in 2022? Let's start in the AFC East. Buffalo Bills won the division I'm going to hijack this off you if you don't mind. I'm going to ask you two questions about each division. Okay. AFC East went Buffalo, New England, Miami, and the Jets. I think we're both – I'm not speaking for you here, but I think we're both going to pick the Bills that they won't – that they will – be our choices to win the East, correct? Yes. Question two, though, if I gave you the Bills or the other three, you get the field, who are you taking in the East? Bills. Me too. Yeah. See, the North went Bengals, Steelers, Browns, Ravens. I'm going to pick the Ravens to win the North most likely. 
Ooh, worst to first. I think we did have a worst to first question as well in past mailbags. I mean, so they this were is eight kind of nine. So this is answering yeah. that. That that's the easiest worst to first team I think in football. Agreed, no doubt about it. Yeah. And I again, not speaking for you, but I assume you would rather have the field in the north than the Bengals. Yes, I would have the field over any team in that division. Right, right, 100%. Yeah. I mean, uh, Cleveland could win the division. I mean, the Steelers could sneak in there. Who knows? Um, who that's, would this, he... that's the most even, most competitive. All the teams are you could yes. say were, are going to be good, and all, any of the teams could win the division. wouldn't shock you completely. Exactly. I think the Colts will probably win the South, so I think there will be a new AFC South champion. That's a good one, but there's really only one team that you right. can put money on to do it. So that that hurts your odds there. Right. Well, I might give you the other three, though, if I get the Colts. Ooh, I think I would take the field over the Colts or the Titans in that one, just to, just to have more opportunity. And mm-hmm. I, I don't feel as strong about Colts or Titans, but I, I would pick the Colts too, probably. I'm not betting on it, but Jacksonville could get good all of a sudden, you know? Here's another worst to first. What about the Denver Broncos at seven and 10 last year with Russell Wilson? We just talked about, I mean, this is going to be a really competitive division and I wouldn't put them last in this division. I would put the Raiders last. Yes. I probably will pick the chiefs again to win the division though, but I would definitely take the field over any team. Yep, exactly. But it's hard to pick that. It's hard to say this is the division that will have a new champion because I still would pick the chiefs and there's still a lot of work to do for Mm -hmm. the teams. I don't know that Dallas will win the division again. It went Dallas, Philly, Washington Giants last year. I'm I still like the combination the of I, – I would still pick the Cowboys because i got to see mm-hmm. it with the Eagles. Uh, I would pick the Cowboys quarterback. Plenty of weapons Big for time. Dak yeah. still. I like what they're doing on defense. Uh, I would still pick the Cowboys there. But the Eagles are coming, and the Eagles were 9-8 yeah. last year. They're hard to play against. They were a playoff team. Again, the the quarterback trump card for Dallas in that division is massive. What if I gave you the field or Dallas? Would you take Dallas still? It's hard to envision Washington and the Giants winning. Yeah, Washington, maybe they're post-hype because last year was like, oh, look out for Washington. They might have mm-hmm. something this year. And they underwhelmed so much that I'm not really excited about them anymore. But they got Carson Wentz and – you know, he, he can he can make some plays and, and that defense should be better. So I would I probably take the field. Um, maybe just a new coaching staff in New York completely turns that thing around. Who knows? So mm-hmm. uh, I, I would take the field, I guess. But I feel pretty good about the Cowboys. So I assume the North, everyone in the world is going to pick the Packers again. The question is kind of like the East. Would you rather have the other three or Green Bay? Green Those Bay. Other, I think so, too. Yeah. And. I, I think Minnesota just didn't win it. Minnesota it, it got better, I think, but they're still mm-hmm. in that that area that's like I think they're just going to be kind of okay, you know, right, nine right. and eight, eight and nine, just right in that zone. Um, and the Bears are just the roster's not there. The Lions could have a bump, but they're not there yet either. No, they're not Green Bay kind of bump. You know, right. I mean, it's not uh, Cincinnati from a year ago where you you pick an early guy in the draft and he becomes rookie of the year and you're in the Super Bowl before you know it. I mean, I, I'd have a hard time envisioning that in Detroit. I guess the South is similar. I'm sure we'll all take Tampa. I think the Saints are highly competitive, though, so I still would probably take Tampa over the field. 
what was the story about Jameis Winston might not be fully healthy? Like he's yeah, looking around. Just, uh, he's been participating in OTAs, mini camps, whatever's going on now, but with quote a noticeable limp. Uh, I mean, we're in June here almost. I mean, that's <laughs> uh, that needs to. That's something to keep an eye on. That's and huge. They're in training camp in four weeks. Right, right. I mean, forget who I was talking to down at the Steeler facility. There's one the former player was saying, everyone talks about like, oh, there's time. Don't worry. You know, there isn't time. You know, like if, if it's something's a problem now, it needs fixed. This league moves very, very fast. That worries me a lot. I've just kind of written it off like, oh, Jameis will be fine. You know, yeah. I take it back. It's more like seven or eight weeks. We're, I'm, I'm getting right. I'm getting a month ahead of myself. But yeah, still. but still, if you're limping around, are you going to be 100% by late July? All right. But if I gave you the Bucks or the other three, which side are you taking there? I think I'm taking uh, Tampa. I just want Tampa. Yeah. yeah. I, look, in, in Carolina, if they figure out quarterback somehow and it doesn't look like they're trying that hard, then maybe they can make a bump. Falcons maybe. just are not going to be there. No. And, you know, the Saints could go either way, but I would I would definitely not take the field. I would take Tampa. Going back to our old com- or recent conversation about the NFC West being one of the best divisions in the league, I still think the Rams are clearly clearly king of the castle, though. There's enough questions everywhere else, right? But the Rams, I don't. They didn't get better, and they might have got no. worse. So true. Can they keep staying healthy like they have too? Yeah, they they're, never they're lose a stud. Stars and scrubs. That's it. You know. So mm-hmm. if, if Donald goes down, if Ramsey goes down, if you know Stafford, uh, most teams if their top quarterback goes down, sure. in trouble. But um, yeah, and and Arizona's in that. Arizona was eleven to six last year. Remember, they started off hot yeah. as any as hot as any team in the league. Could they keep that going for a year? Uh, the 49ers, like I said before, they've won with the running game and defense already. So, just doing the bare minimum, the 49ers should be at least a five hundred team, even if Lance is you know I completely yeah. lost. But if Lance is good and uh, there's clearly big play potential over what Garoppolo gave you, maybe you know, that team could be even better than they've been. I think their defense could be better than it was last year. So that's, uh, you know, big questions of quarterback, obviously Seattle, but they're not, their roster isn't, their roster is better than the Patriots. So true. Um, If one of those teams, not worse to first, but, you know, really took control of the division, I think it would be the Niners where I have a hard time seeing a real high ceiling for the Cardinals. Uh, no, I I see the ceiling for the Cardinals. I just okay. don't know where the consistency is going to be. Right, and Good the defense got worse. There's no Chandler Jones, so that hurts. I just feel like they don't have a distinct plan that they just kind of try things, and yeah. maybe I don't trust their coach in front office. Yeah, like I yeah. I, the right. coach and GM is the big problem there. Like I just don't feel comfortable that, that. Yeah, I think you played it out pretty well right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of their key guys too. Like Hopkins is suspended. Marquise Brown's new, and I'm, I'm looking at the negative sides of these things. Kyler's tiny and always seems to wear down or get hurt by week 10. J.J. Watt, is he going to play 17 games? Is James Conner going to play 17 games? Like, you're counting on these key components, and they just don't have a real 17-plus game track record to any of them. I think the rest of the division is good enough where I would take the field, but you have to think the Rams are the favorites to win again. Agreed. Agreed. So, so first to first is clearly Ravens followed by Denver that actually yes. have a shot. Yes. The best shot. And yeah. they're, they're, you know, maybe the jets, 
You know, could, could the Jets make that big leap? Could the Jacksonville Jaguars make that leap? New coaching staff all of a sudden is like, okay, here's the generational quarterback we saw. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the Titans and Colts scuffle a little bit. Yeah, say so maybe Tennessee and Indy only win eight or nine games and they're just okay. And Jacksonville gets to nine with a tiebreaker or 10. Yeah, maybe. Yep. Yep. All right. That was fun. Thanks Pops for all the. Get you. <laughs> Do you hear it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on right now. Look out. Okay. They're passing me. That We're, we're okay. We're, we're able to talk here. tomorrow. Okay. I'll yeah. bail you out. I'm going to have some more soundproofing up in my brand new office at my brand new home <laughs> and clear out all the junk behind me. I got golf clubs. I got a bicycle. If you're watching <laughs> on YouTube and lighting. So a lot of things to come to, to build out the rest of my studio, but I'm all moved and just not quite settled yet in, uh, in, in my new home. Thanks everybody. Just for... like Jameis Winston though. You've got time before the regular season. And just like Jameis Winston got, yeah. got a little limp going as well. <laughs> right, I, I right, definitely right. do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> thanks everybody for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt and I are back tomorrow. Peacock and Williamson.